You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Today on Preaching Source, we have Dr. Matthew McKellar, uh, one of our faculty in the School of Preaching at Southwestern Seminary. We're going to be talking about the main idea. All right, Dr. McKellar, uh, all of the ancient rhetorics, just about every person who has ever written on the subject of rhetoric or public speaking or preaching talks about a speech or a sermon having a central idea. Uh, more recently, Haddon Robinson uh, called this the big idea. So what do we mean by the big idea, the main idea, the central proposition of a sermon, and, and should every sermon have one? Yes, every sermon should have one. And the main idea, the big idea, the central proposition, whatever you want to call it, is called by a number of uh, uh, terms or phrases. Essentially, the big idea is a single-sentence statement that summarizes the sermon. And normally in my classes, I'll say to our students, you need to have uh, a sentence of 15 to usually not more than 25 words that summarizes the sermon that you're going to preach. Okay. I would, uh, there's a more modern word. Would you, uh, sometimes I've told students that it needs to be a single tweetable sentence. Would, well, well that, would, that is helps. that about the length that you're thinking about? A- absolutely. Uh, I think in this modern age of technology, it's always uh, conducive when you can have a 140 character uh, tweetable uh, main idea. That's that, that's not necessarily a requirement in the fullest sense of the term, but it, it certainly can help. It's a bonus. It's a bonus, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Where does this main idea come from? Uh, how, uh, what drives that? Where does it originate? Well, the, the validity and the, the usefulness of the main idea is directly tied to the text. Of course, at Southwestern, we're committed to the concept of text-driven preaching. So certainly it's possible that a student, uh, that a preacher could have a main idea that really sounds good. You know, it could have, it could uh, really flow well. It could have a number of hard consonants. It could be pleasing to the ear. But if it is not truly a summary of what's going on in the text, then it's pretty much useless. So the value of the main idea only has usefulness, only has validity to the degree that it's a reflection of what's in the text. And so I frequently tell my students it's not enough to come up with a catchy, smooth-sounding main idea. That main idea, that sentence should reflect the content of the text, what's going on in the text. And that's what, uh, that's really what matters. Probably one of the things we would want out of a main idea is that, that it be clear, that it be precise. What, what, uh, talk about that main idea, what it what kind of a sentence does that need to be, and, and how do you crystallize that? Well, I think it's certainly helpful to go back to our basic English grammar here. Uh, a good main idea needs to have a very clear subject and also a very clear complement. And when I say complement, I don't mean like I'm going to pay you a compliment. I'm going to say something nice about you. I'm talking about complement, C-O-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T. The idea is that of completion. If you go back to your English grammar, we're really talking about subject and predicate. Uh, for instance, uh, Haddon Robinson has said uh, You know, the main idea is what I'm saying and then what I'm saying about what I'm saying. Uh, In my classes, I say basically your main idea needs to include a statement about what is true plus what to do. 
what is true plus what to do, the subject and the complement. Now, it's not necessary that every time you state the the main idea, subject, complement, you can start with the complement and then finish with the subject, but those two elements need to be in every main idea. For instance, if I were preaching about Paul's thorn in the flesh in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, my subject complement arrangement, my main idea might sound something like this. Since God specializes in displaying strength against the backdrop of our weakness, we can rejoice even when our thorn is unplucked. And so you hear in that statement, here's what's true. God specializes in displaying his strength against the backdrop of our weakness. And then what do we do about it? Well, we can be like Paul. We can rejoice even when the thorn is not removed. So that's an example of what we're looking for in the main idea. Okay. All right. In the process of crafting a sermon, there, you, know, you begin by reading the text. You, you exegete the text. You do your uh, clausal outlines or your, your word studies. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's a long process uh, in putting together a sermon. At what point uh, should the preacher begin to formulate his main idea? That's a great question. I would say very early on in the process, and in fact, I encourage my students uh, before they go to any commentary, uh, even before they go to a Greek or a Hebrew text, I want them to read the text and mull it over, meditate on it, uh, read it a number of times in English. And then without consulting a commentary, I encourage them to uh, write out all of their observations, to ask those journalistic-type questions, who, what, when, where, how, those kinds of things. And then I encourage my students, even before they've looked at a commentary one, to try to fashion what I call a preliminary main idea statement and also a preliminary outline. Now, in a lot of cases, once they delve into the uh, the study of their text, once they consult commentaries, they're going to come back and make some tweaks and make some changes. But I really encourage the student to really get at that main idea early on. And here's why. The, the key to the main idea is if I'm not sure what I'm saying, then how can I expect my auditors to have any clarity about what I'm saying. So early on, I want the student, and I want it for myself, I want to be able to summarize, okay, here's what this text is about. It's about substitution, okay? 1 Peter 2, 24 and 25. It's about substitution. He bore uh, our sins in his body on the tree. It's about substitution, okay? What should I do in light of that substitution? Well, according to verse 25 of 1 Peter 2, uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm able to return to the shepherd of my soul. I was straying, but now through his substitutionary work, I'm able to return to the shepherd of my soul. Uh, I move from death to life. And so you see that, that subject complement thing working, and I think it's good for the student to get at it very early in the sermonic process. Dr. McKellar, what, uh, in, in what way does this pursuit of a central proposition or a big idea, in what way does that assist a preacher who is committed to the, the kind of text-driven preaching that we teach here at Southwestern? Oh, I think it's absolutely critical. Uh, I remember a statement that Robinson made many years ago, uh, something like, to, to say in God's name what God is not saying is abuse. And so... This is where I think the main idea becomes very important. A student, a preacher wants to, as best he can, crystallize that main idea. This is what this text is about. And so I think it's absolutely essential uh, to clarity and unity. And you mentioned earlier the, the rhetoricians and historically uh, what's happened there. And I think it's so critical in terms of clarity and unity. 
uh, early on, uh, most of our preaching professors have our introductory students engage in what we call a main idea presentation. We want those guys to get used to talking about one thing and making that one thing very clear. And we usually have them do that in a little three-minute presentation. And the reason we do that is because we want them to understand the absolute importance of being able to summarize what you're saying in a single sentence. So I think it's absolutely critical to the clarity and the flow of the sermon. And I might also add that really the movements or the major points in the sermon should simply be an expansion of that main idea. So I think you see if the main idea is an inaccurate reflection of what's in the text, then the structure of the sermon is going to be off the grid as well. So it's very, very important to everything that's happening in the sermon development process. All right. Well, you heard it here on Preaching Source. Dr. Matthew McKellar says that every sermon ought to have a main idea, one clear, complete sentence that states the whole of the sermon. Uh, would you put it that way, Dr. McGuller? Absolutely. I think you're right on. A single sentence that summarizes the sermon, the, and, and the focus is always reflecting what's in the text. Well, we can tweet that out. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much for being with us today on Preaching Source, Dr. McKellar. My privilege. Thank you.